Hey, what's going on? Happy Wednesday. Nick Kirby here. Welcome to Chatterbox Reds, proudly sponsored by DSC Commodities. We come your way seven days a week, new episodes each day, recapping each of the Reds Cactus League games. And the Reds played the Cubs on Tuesday. I'll tell you a little bit more about that in a minute. And then also later on, an interview with Bryce Spaulding. But first, I want to tell you about our proud sponsor. That, of course, is Deep South Commodities. DSC is a leader in renewable commodities for biofuel production, specializing in used cooking oil collection, aggregation, and sales. Visit www.deepsouthcommodities.com for more information. Thanks, as always, to our friends at DSC. Well, the Reds and Cubs played out in Mesa, Arizona on Tuesday. We had TV for this one via the Cubs broadcast. So that, of course, was nice to see because... It was the Reds' debut of Frankie Montas, and Montas was electric in this one. He retired all six batters he faced, struck out Ian Happ and Christopher Morrell looking. For Mark Sheldon, his velocity was largely uh, in the 94 to 96 mile per range, but twice he topped out at 97 miles per hour in the bottom of the second inning. Connor Phillips replaced Montas. He threw two no-hit innings. Did walk one batter, but struck out two in his spring debut. Phillips got a little bit of help defensively. Spencer Steer playing in left field. He got a really nice jump, made a running catch at the warning track off the bat of Patrick Wisdom. And then Will Benson, more on him later. He played right field, made a really long run and a nice sliding catch to help out Phillips in his first inning of work. Here is what Frankie Montas and Connor Phillips had to say after the game. Yeah, definitely getting better. Definitely, yeah. fastball's getting better. Uh, the more I throw, like I said before, the, the, the better I feel, you know, so it feels good to see some, some good velo up on the board. It's been a long time, you know, I think two years of uh, spring training, so, you know, being back in there, just, just being back in the mind in general is exciting for me and just, just feel happy and blessed about that. Just trying to be myself, that's who I am, you know, uh, I love what I do, love to help people, you know, not trying to take any leader role or anything, you know, I'm just, you know, trying to help my team in whatever I can, either it's pitching or when I'm not pitching, if I can help somebody to get better, that means I'm, I'm helping the team to get better as well. Confidence and control, um, I think that's a that's a big thing for us right now, or for me, um, just feeling in control of my body and, um, you know, just let stuff come out and um, today I felt in control and it was coming out good. I think it's just easier for me to control everything like my body the baseball um, being in the zone um, it helps me with the slider and especially like the change up um, that you know I didn't showcase today but um, it's something that I've been working on a lot and it's getting to the point where um, it can be a, a pretty good pitch for me so as mentioned Will Benson made that great sliding catch earlier he continued his hot start to camp at the plate with two more hits including a double and a triple. Benson stole a base. His all-out hustle in spring training is just incredible to watch. I don't know how anyone does not love Will Benson. What a player. He looks like he's on a mission this year to uh, prove that 2023 was not a fluke, and it's been great to see from Will so far this spring. Edwin Arroyo, stop if you've heard this before. He made another high reel, highlight reel play, something he's been doing literally every day for the Reds so far in camp. He also doubled Edwin Arroyo turning some heads early so far in Arizona. 
Jacob Herdebees, he got on base twice, a walk and a hit. He stole a base. The on-base machine last year in the minor leagues, so far showing it off in camp for the Reds. On the downside, Ellie De La Cruz, he was over 3, struck out all three times. Uh, first time up, did have a pretty ugly at-bat uh, going up against the crafty uh, Kyle Hendricks of the Cubs. Uh, Jamer Candelario did reach base for the first time this spring via walk, but he was 0 for 2. He started 0 for 7. Tyler Stevenson 0 for 3. He has started 0 for 7. Josh Harrison 0 for 2. He started camp 1 for 6. The Reds, they actually led 6 nothing in this game. It was a really just great game. Reds were rolling right along, but the Cubs got all six runs back in the last two innings, kind of when you know most of the players were out of the game. Reds had to settle for a Lovely 6-6 tie with the Cubs. We would never want to see that in the regular season. That would not be fun. All right. Well, here is Bryce Spaulding. Stick around a little bit later on. I'll tell you about what's coming up for the Reds. All right. Joined now by my guy, Bryce Spaulding. Good to have Bryce on the podcast. Bryce is my go-to guy when it comes to prospects, and I got plenty I want to ask him about from some of the guys we've seen in camp. But I have to ask Bryce right off the bat, what was your thoughts on Frankie Montas on Tuesday making his Reds debut? I don't know if you could ask for a better start for, from a just a excitement perspective. I mean, velocity was there. Swing and miss was there. He got to face six of of the Cubs starters, really, and, and just dominated them. And, and loved the ground balls, like I said, up to 96. That's probably the most encouraging thing. I think he even stated that in his interview with Mark Sheldon where he's like, Having that velocity and knowing it's still the tank, I think was the biggest thing for him coming off shoulder injuries. And that's always the first thing to go whenever you have a shoulder injury is your velocity. I think he was like 93 last year when he came back with the Yankees. So him being 95, 96 today was just massive. And can't wait to watch him pitch next time out. I mean, to me, I don't want to go too far overboard, but I feel like if this guy's healthy, he's a top of the rotation pitcher. Yeah, I mean, that's what he was in Oakland. I mean, we, we've talked about it before. I know you've hit on it a ton, but I mean, at the 2022 trade deadline, it was him and Luis Castillo, one and two. That's who everybody wanted. That's who everybody talked about. I mean, the Yankees traded a good amount of prospect capital for him. And I mean, obviously, you can't predict injuries, but he's he's a legit, like you said, top of the rotation arm when he's right. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, can't get much better than his start today. Yeah. Uh... Can't wait to see a pitch again, pretty much at this point. All right, so let's get to some of the prospects kind of shining so far in camp. I have to start with Edwin Arroyo. Um, every single day, literally every single day, he's making a highlight reel play, and he's also uh, hitting a, a nice cool 500 with a 1,200 OPS through the first couple games. Um, Edwin Arroyo really showing up so far this spring. Yeah, I think the thing that I'm most encouraged about with him is it seems like they trust him. Like they're putting him in these situations to succeed in, in these major league games. And he's getting to face arms that are competing for spots and guys that are competing. So it's always good to see guys have success, especially like you said, defensively, he's just a wizard. I mean, he's made some highlight real plays that have saved runs and saved innings. And that's what he does. That's what he's known for. And then, like you said, he's swinging it. Well, he had a double today that was, was pieced up well. And I think he's, He's one of the most underrated prospects in baseball now. I mean, the prospect fatigue's gone a little bit too far. He's a 20-year-old switch hitting shortstop that can can play defense like that. It's hard to hard to hard to underrate that. 
yeah, I have a feeling we might see him start uh, creeping back up on some uh, some prospect rankings as this year goes on. Guy that's, I guess, is, is he still kind of a prospect in uh, Connor Phillips. Uh, spoiler alert, you ranked him number one in your prospect rankings for Chatterbox Reds. Uh, two solid innings today. Uh, no hits, one walk, two strikeouts. Uh, I'm not really sure what they're going to do with this guy. It's a good, It's one of those quote-unquote good problems to have when you have a guy that's probably on the outside looking in but has the talent that Phillips has. Yeah, and I feel even better about that ranking after today, honestly. I mean, he's so electric when he's in the zone. I thought his mechanics looked good. I thought he had cleaned some stuff up there. And, I mean, the one walk was uncompetitive. He was four pitches, but he focused right back in and got in the zone. So um, that's a big step for him. I, this year is probably the biggest year for him. He's still only 23 years old. So if he's going to establish himself as a starter moving forward, he's going to have to do it this year. And um, at AAA, too. I mean, it's a, it's a step right step right below major leagues, and everybody knows that that's probably the waiting zone, I guess, per se. And I think he'll get plenty of opportunities in Cincinnati. But, um, yeah, that's it. I think that's a really big step for him. Only walk with one guy, look look good in two innings, got some some weak contact and got two strikeouts as well. That's what he does best. Guy, the Reds fans have kind of started to get a uh, a little bit of a an eye on that that people like you watched all of last year is uh, Jacob Herdeby's just a on base machine, plays the game uh, hard, you know, steals bases. Um, one thing I have noticed is is I, I I felt like he has been as crisp in the outfield as maybe I hoped. I know that's really hard to like see like the angles they take in the minor leagues. You get a little bit better on the, even the, the spring training version of the major league prospects. Uh, but overall he, he looks like at least a fringe big leaguer to me. Yeah. And I think you have to have those guys. You have to have those guys that you feel decent about if an injury does happen. I mean, the reds have a lot of outfield depth, thankfully, but he, he's a guy that you don't feel terrible about if he does have to take, uh, a, a month or two worth of plate appearances if somebody does go down with an injury. So, he, like you said, he's just he's going to get on base. He's going to use his speed, and and I think he stole a base after he walked today and he got a hit. So he he's just doing what he does, and and he gets on base. He wreaks havoc, and yeah, I I agree. I, I don't know if his defense is is as well renowned as maybe we thought initially. I think that that's why they've kind of moved him to a corner outfield spot. Or, or Blake Dunn plays more center field if they're on the same team together. So, um, but I think he's a, a serviceable enough guy in a, in a corner to play left field in a pinch, and um, his speed will definitely help a lot there. Guy who showed off his power on Sunday, uh, Reese Hines, guy added to the 40 man roster. Uh, kind of like a big year now that you're on the 40 man roster. Uh, you're clock is sort of ticking you know especially mm -hmm. with a team that is in win win now mode like the reds are yeah and, and i kind of think he's he's flying under the radar a little bit in my opinion i think people still associate him with who he was prior to this swing adjustment swing change i guess you could say mid mid-year last year so since then i think he's ops and well over a thousand with about a 25 percent strikeout rate so his power is so just ungodly that it's like if he can just be a fringe enough with the hit tool, he, he's going to be a really positive big leaguer in my opinion. And like, like he, I think everybody saw the video where he's like reaching out and, and hit a ball off the batter's eye. Like you, you can't, you don't teach people how to do that. They're just, there's just a talent that he has. That's just a little bit different than everybody else. So I'm excited to see what he does. It's a, it's a, 
another guy like Phillips. He's going to have to kind of establish who he is moving forward here. And that's whether he's a lefty masher, whether he's a everyday guy, he's going to have to kind of find a role here in, in 2024. It's a crowded bullpen, at least right now for the Reds on paper. And we'll see how things shake out. Who are some of the, I know you've had a few non-roster invitees that you've been high on. Who's maybe one of those? Yeah, I, I think um, Justin Brule is is a left-handed reliever that I think is pretty intriguing. Um, for the first time in, I feel like in my lifetime, the Reds have like three pretty good left-handed options. So I, I don't know if he's a guy that, that cracks the, the roster ever, but he's a really good insurance policy to have. Uh, Bo Brisky is a guy that um, our guy Reds in four really likes. He's kind of got a Fernando Cruz profile um, to where he's got that, that fastball and split combination. Um, he kind of showcased that the other day in the inning that he had on, on TV. So um, really intrigued by both of those guys. The Reds have been really good about identifying guys kind of fit what they want. They Like you look at Buck Farmer, you look at Ian Jabot, those guys were – kind of just picked up for nothing per se. And, and um, I, I really like those two guys. Alan Boosnitz is a guy that had a little bit of time in, in the big leagues last year with the Reds and he's got pretty good stuff too. He pitched today and he looked pretty good. So um, the triple a bullpen might even be better than, than, than some of the bullpens the Reds ran out <laughs> for a while there. So um, Tony Santion, another guy who we're very familiar with, I, I thought he looked phenomenal today. Um, the best his fastball and slider combinations looked since 2021. So um, would love to see big Tony kind of get back in the mix as well. Yeah. That 22 reds bullpen, like when Sims was down, whew, that was a, uh, that was a tough one. Maybe triple A will give a run for their money. Uh, I dabble with prospects. I'm nowhere near the level of you. One thing I will adamantly admit, I know nothing about, but I know you are following really closely and something will track a lot more as we get closer to it is the draft reds of course uh won the well i'll say they won the lottery because they got the number two pick with like crazy two percent odds or something like that <laughs> who are a couple guys that you're really following and, and thinking maybe are the front runners at this point for for the reds at number two yeah there's like four guys i think that red fans really need to get familiar with and and two of them on the same team so that's always a plus so um, Wake Forest has two guys, uh, Nick Kurtz, he's their first baseman, and then Chase Burns, he is their Saturday starter, um, are two guys that I, I think might go one and two in the draft, honestly. Um, Burns is just a, one of the more dynamic pitching prospects we've seen in, in a really long time. He's up to 101 with this fastball with one of the best sliders that, that a lot of scouts have seen. Um, he's looked great to start the year. Um, Wake is really renowned for their pitching development and him transferring from Tennessee is kind of already showing signs of, of why he did. So um, Nick Kurtz is probably the most polished, one of the most polished college profiles you'll see um, doesn't chase hits the ball extremely hard up to 117 max EV um, already. So um, he's just a guy that is probably going to spend six months in the minor leagues, maybe, um, and then be be able to contribute in the big leagues at that point. So those two guys are, are really intriguing. Um, Travis Bazana is a second baseman from Oregon State. He's kind of rose up in a lot of people's 1-1 conversations to, to the Guardians. Um, he he is, is really kind of growing into his power a little bit more, game power. 
Um, he's hit five home runs already, I think, in, in 10 games. So he's a guy that I don't even – I don't know if he's going to be there for the Reds at, at one point at the, at the number two overall pick there. But he's a guy that's continued to, to, to kind of shoot up rankings there. And then lastly, unfortunately, J.J. Weatherholt is a guy from West Virginia who has been hurt to start the year but is probably the best pure – baseball player in this draft he doesn't really have the flaws that some of the other guys do um he can play shortstop he's a, a really polished hitter he's got good game power so he kind of checks all the boxes but you have to see him healthy like you can't draft a guy that is hurt obviously so um it'd be interesting to see kind of what his stock does depending on how severe his hamstring injury is um but those four guys are, are, are four guys that i'm really keeping an eye on at the in the college ranks all right, so anytime the Demon Deacons are on TV, get locked in. Let me ask you this real quick, Bryce. Uh, and I know it's really, really early, but how does this draft class, at least at the top of the draft class, compare to other years? Because in Major League Baseball, drafts are not always equal, right? I mean, there are some years that that top five is is you know loaded with absolute stars the other it's it's a lot of questions where does maybe this one fall in your best guess at this point yeah it's hard coming off a year um like last year to where there was five guys that really had a case to go one one with with langford cruz Skeens, max clark and and uh, walker jenkins so those five guys are it's hard to compare this class is is a group of polished players i think there's a there's a high floor um, with this class, I think there's going to be a lot of major league players. I don't know if there's going to be many stars, but that's why it's nice for the Reds to have the second overall pick is because they're really going to kind of have their pick of who they want. So um, I'm actually pretty high on the class. I think the class has done a really good job of establishing themselves kind of as we're moving forward here. Charlie Cotton is another guy that I'm keeping an eye on from Georgia. He's kind of shooting up rankings at the moment. He's a, a big first baseman, third baseman, left fielder prototype. Um, so I'm, I'm excited to see. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's a good class. I don't know if it's a, it's a phenomenal class. I don't know if we're going to have any future hall of famers from it, but, um, yeah, I, I think that comparative, like you said, it's, it's so hard to compare year to year because there's different players. You're talking about high school prep college, whatever that may be. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, I'm, I think the reds definitely are going to get a, a high quality prospect from this group. All right, Bryce. Well, you're the best. Uh, be sure to follow Bryce on Twitter, Bryce underscore uh, Spalding. Link in the notes below. You got to follow Bryce because Bryce is all over everything. Tweets all day. Reds 24-7 on this guy. Uh, no one does it like Bryce. Bryce, appreciate you, my man. All right. Well, the Reds are off today. That's Wednesday, but they will be back in action Thursday night at 8.05 p.m. against the Dodgers in Goodyear, Arizona. And good news, this game is televised and it's on the MLB Network. Even better news, Graham Ashcraft will be making his spring debut. Also scheduled to pitch Alexis Diaz, TJ Antone, Buck Farmer, and Fernando Cruz. So the Reds, uh, quite a quite a good selection of, uh, of pitchers in their MLB Network game on Thursday night. But don't worry, we will still be back tomorrow on Thursday morning. I've got a special preview of the Pittsburgh Pirates. We've been doing a preview of each of the NL Central teams. Uh, Brewers is already up. Uh, the Cardinals are already up. Uh, check your podcast feed and on YouTube for those if you want to go back and check those out. But Cody Duncan uh, sat down with him on Monday, talked to them about the Pirates. Tell you what, man, I've said it all offseason, but when I really dug in with Cody, 
This is a dangerous team. So uh, I think you'll enjoy this interview Thursday morning with Cody Duncan. So check that out. Well, thanks so much to everyone for listening. Again, appreciate everyone who listens every day and supports um, our little podcast. You have helped this show grow uh, faster than I ever could have dreamed. Really appreciate it. If you haven't subscribed yet, please subscribe. Like I said, new episodes every single day, seven days a week this spring. Uh, we'll be covering the Reds um, and every single game that happens. Um, if you could also, if you like what we're doing, leave us a quick five-star review. We haven't got any of those in a while. Um, quick five-star review um, really helps us grow the show, really helps show that uh, uh, the show's for real. So we'd really appreciate that. Uh, if you're looking for something else to listen to today, uh, Chatterbox, Bearcats, Chuck and Houdini, uh, they uh, they mourned the loss of their beloved Cincinnati Bearcats after another tough loss to Houston. Uh, but those guys do a great job covering UC sports. That's Chatterbox Bearcats, available everywhere you get podcasts. Link is in the episode notes below. And, of course, Monday through Friday off the bench at 10 a.m. on Chatterbox Sports on YouTube. Check that out. The guys will be talking, I'm sure, about the Reds, about UC, and uh, a lot of NFL talk with uh, the combine and the draft and all that kind of stuff coming up. Well, hope that you have a fantastic Wednesday. Like I said, we'll talk to you again on Thursday with the Pirates preview. But as always, and most importantly, go Reds.